Pages of Pim Better Podcast. Hello, Voyagers. Welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter Podcast. This is episode number 161. My guest for today's episode is Daniel Shetter. He also goes by the name of Surfer Dan, and that's how I heard about him, because I saw the documentary called Surfer Dan. It's another documentary that was picked up by the Banff Film Festival circuit, and I've just been really fortunate to have a lot of the either subjects or people who made the films themselves. This film was made by Camp 4 Collective. You've likely seen some of their stuff if, if you're following along with some of the, the guests that I've had on, but they do a lot of mountaineering, exploring, outdoors type of ads and documentaries. Really great film company. So check them out, the Camp 4 Collective. And this, this documentary was, was really beautiful also. I mean, it opens with this otherworldly shot of Dan standing in the middle <laughs> of a great lake with like, icebergs all around him and he dives in and dives under it. It looks like he's on some frozen planet. And I thought it was really cool and really interesting because most of the content that I've seen in, in the films and the stories that are told about surfers are in warm bodies of water. And here he is with this... Like, frozen ice beard in some of his pictures and he's surfing what appears to me to be like really dangerous situation right if you wipe out into a giant chunk of ice that spells spells some danger so I thought his his story sounded really cool and I reached out to him we connected a couple weeks ago and since that time you know I've seen some articles I saw the vice did like a short Doc, I guess you would call it, maybe like a seven-minute video about Daniel. And he's a super, super interesting guy. Some of the language used in this episode is a bit harsh. You know, I don't... I only do edits if there are technical problems. Sometimes with these remote calls, calls drop out. Or there's been a few situations in which I recorded with someone, some of the more politically-oriented episodes... And someone was worried about something they said because the, the country that they're in is, is a hot spot politically. And they were like, mm, this could get me in some like real weird type of trouble. So I don't like doing edits, but in those situations, it totally makes sense. And so because of that, I'm going to leave this episode as is. So if you're offended by strong language, maybe check out the last episode or check out the next one. I don't, I'm not really like in, in any sort of business here, but I'm certainly not in the business of trying to exploit anyone or only put out episodes that are sensationalized or to cut things out to make people seem like something that they're not. I think that's something that's missing from both of the docs that I watched about Daniel is one, some of what he was talking about with how dangerous it is out there. He mentioned over and over again death, like people dying out there. He said it was either 70 or 170. Both of those numbers are quite large of people dying out on the lake in a single year. And it did get a little dark with him talking about authority figures, but hey, that's who he is. He's anti-authoritarianism, anti-authoritarian. And he's unapologetically him. And I'm interested in stories and that's what we have here. We have a story of a very unique individual who's not afraid to be him. He's very open and honest. 
and in a sense, wild and free. And so that's what you're getting with this episode. I would implore you to go and watch the docs too. Um, we mentioned in this episode, the only social media I'll link you to for, for Daniel is Instagram, but it will link you to the doc. I think you should watch it. Um, it's really great. And it'll, it'll give you that visual context that is lacking from the audio podcast. So even if you want to pause right now, it's not a very long doc. I think it's, it's like just shy of around 10 minutes. Go watch that and then listen to this and you'll get some context that wasn't available in the documentary or in the Vice piece. Yeah, I think Daniel's a super interesting and fascinating guy and a unique guy. And that's what I'm looking to do with this. You know, I'm, I'm here as a platform. Maybe it's a small platform. But the unselfish part of this I talk about all the time is that I'm, I'm here to help elevate people's voices and stories and, and share it. And the selfish part of it is I get to talk to people who are unique and interesting all around the world. And now I know a very unique guy up in Michigan. So yeah, go to the show notes for this episode. Check out that doc. You're home now anyway. You've got the time. And also in the show notes for the episode is a link to my Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash thevoyagesoftimvetter. And that is a subscription-based service that you can give monthly and there's some kickbacks, but the donations help to keeping these episodes coming. I just placed an order for shirts for uh, Patreon supporters. These cool navy ones with uh, red logo, red lettering on the back, the Voyages crew. So if you're not able to give um, financially through Patreon, you can leave a rating and review on iTunes, Apple. That goes a really long way. Also sharing the, the podcast with people that you know and having it go viral, that's a big help too. All right, folks, I hope that you enjoy this episode with Surfer Dan. All right, cool. Well, uh, yeah, first of all, man, thanks thanks for doing this. It's cool to connect with you. When I wrote to you, I think I, I told you I had I had left the country for a bit. Um, but now I'm back here. I'm working at a school, working from home now, so I've been doing a lot of these remotely. But uh, it's been cool, man. I've been able to connect with a lot of cool people, even though we've been in quarantine. So I've been kind of fortunate. Are you getting waves over there? Oh, I have no idea. Um, they, everything's closed. They're even, they closed all the beaches through the summer already. Um, so I, that's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, we even tried to, we went hiking like three weeks ago. Um, but all the state parks, like everything's closed. So there's really nowhere to go. There's like one park. So everyone went there and then like, that's kind of defeats the purpose of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like everything's still open up by you? I'm not sure what's going on, really. <laughs> I just stay at home because I hear you got to wear masks in places. I don't know. Have you been able to surf? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but they don't stop people from surfing here. I guess they're giving people tickets in California. Yeah, I, I heard about that. Even like hiking and biking, 
in California. Um, and I'm rolling just so you know, uh, just so that's okay. When you say here, yeah. you're up in Michigan, huh? Yeah, up in Michigan on the northern, most northern part. And you're born and raised there. Yeah. That's cool. We just got snow yesterday. It was kind of weird. Really? We'll probably get snow again. So you're a, you're a youper, huh? Yep. <laughs> what exactly does that mean for people who don't know? Uh, I think it comes from the term Upper Peninsula, UP. Sounds like youper. Okay, cool. One of them youpers. Yeah, so Dan, you I, know. I first heard your story because we saw a, a documentary that had been made about you that made it onto the Banff Film Festival circuit. Um, oh, Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, man. Um, that was really, really cool. We watched that. We were super inspired. Uh, you know, and that, that led me to, to seek out a little bit more information about you and, and to, to want to talk to you today. Um, you know, it's, it's about you and it's about surfing. And I think the thing that maybe is probably different for a lot of people is that in the film, you're surfing in freezing cold water. I mean, I would imagine that's not where you learned how to surf, right? Well, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> no, I learned how to surf in warm water, but I learned how to be in the cold my whole life. So, and I feel like I'm still learning. So when I, when you say learned, it's like I'm learning every time I go out, not to get all weird and technical, but that's the first thing I thought was, man, I'm still learning so much every time. So yeah, I just think, I was thinking that the other day, it keeps coming back to me when I go out, how it reminds me of hanging out with my family when I was a kid, ice fishing mm. and hunting in the cold and being really cold and how like that's a way to combine everything with mm. the water and kind of makes me feel connected to being a kid again, you know? Yeah, that's cool. I'm tweaking on coffee, dude. I just drank some strong coffee. No, I'm no, trying no. not to go crazy. Hey man, we, we can get kind of esoteric man we can get kind of me metaphysical i've got some questions actually about that um but the the first time you surfed was i think i saw this was that in japan yeah but you know what's funny about that bamp thing is the first time i ever heard of the bamp thing was i was in santa cruz and i went to a showing at uh an old movie theater there and these people in these videos are like real rock stars to me like people climbing mountains and yeah doing all kinds of stuff. So like, I feel like just because a lot of people don't know about what I do up here, I think a lot of people love the video, but I don't feel nearly as qualified as a lot of those other athletes. You know what I mean? It's kind of like cheating because I get to be this big super kook and not really do anything critical or, or too awesome because it's kind of different. It gets more attention, you know? And then you got these real like, crazy skilled superhumans that somehow I get lumped in with. Yeah, but I don't know. It's weird. I think, you know, and people are calling me from all over the world about that and like happy to chat. And then it's kind of weird. And then they want me to go to these film festivals and answer questions. I'm like, I'm just this dude, this surf bomb trailer park dude with a GED. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how to articulate these inspiring life quotes all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there's a free, but, there's a freedom in being different. 
Um, yeah. And I think that's why people connect with documentaries like that because, you know, they might be stuck in the rut of normalcy of the nine to five and they see somebody doing something that looks kind of free to them. Yeah. 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 I saw a cop yesterday uh, <laughs> and I got a little video. I was taking video of the waves because you're not allowed to um, park or get out of your car at the at the park, like where a lot of the good waves are. And he got out of the car and there was a kid like climbing over the rail and then this little, little girl came up and I was like, man, it's still slippery over there and icy. It was it was funny to see that cop like wave the kids away from there, but not really like yell at them or go too far. He just like yeah. was showing his big presence. And I was like, this is kind of cool to see him saving these kids, you know, because they're all attracted to those waves. And when I get closer and closer, where the action is, and still so cold, you yeah. know, if they fall in or something. Well, I don't know why I started talking about that, but I was really like happy to see him doing that. When you first started, you know, when you first started surfing out there, were there other people out there on the lake? Mm-hmm. It was different then because there wasn't a lot of people. So when you'd run into the other surfers, people were a little more friendly, or it was like a little more camaraderie. Now it's kind of like the crowd's growing, so it's starting to feel a little bit weird. You know what I mean? Do you think in a way um, the spotlight that's been shown on you through the films and the media has also led to an increase in, in human traffic out there? Oh, yeah. yeah. They'll show up like 20 or 30 deep. Where, you you know, you're, you're surfing alone or with one or two buddies for like 20 years. You know what I mean? Maybe five people at a time. mm and then, like, all of a sudden, there's, like, 20 or 30 people or 60 people. And it's like, what? <laughs> but, and then everybody's kind of, like, really new. So they don't understand etiquette and how dangerous it really is. Hmm. Like, my buddy got his nose broke last year by a board. Whoa. By a kid kicking his board out. Anyways... Well, it's still a good time. How, so, I mean, the the film opens with this sort of like otherworldly image of you in this just like a sea of ice. And I'm wondering, like, obviously that's, you know, like I've been surfing in uh, in the Philippines. Obviously that's drastically different. And you're also on a freshwater lake. Like how much different is or, or like – do you have to have a special skill or do you have to be aware of things that you wouldn't have to be well, when you're I in think, warm water? I think what's happening is like not everybody has wetsuits. So because I surf, I, I have a wetsuit mm-hmm. and then I realize the wetsuit can make me do things like that normally wouldn't be done, which aren't really that big of a deal. But because of the power of the wetsuit, I can go out there and not suffer so much and it protects me. So like you see that, those beautiful icebergs you can go play with them and figure them out, but they can be really dangerous too. So you got to be careful. So the suit could like give you too much power sometimes, you yeah. know, and get you in <laughs> to some situations. But, uh, I think if more people had wetsuits a long time ago here, people would be out there playing a lot more, but 
but people just don't think about it because they're into hockey or whatever, you know? How bad, but, how bad is the cold, Dan? Like I've seen those iconic photos of you with the ice beard. Like how are you not getting frostbite on your face when you do that? Man, you know, I get really cold sometimes, like too cold, but I think it's like that analogy of the frog being in the pot when it starts boiling it doesn't jump out i think it's the other way around you start freezing and it's like one more wave or one more <laughs> one more while you're fighting and then it's kind of like uh-oh maybe i went a little too far my feet are you can't even walk your tendons on your feet will get like so tight you gotta walk on the sides of your feet but it's just like that wave tricking you into going for a little bit more a little bit more next thing you know you're super cold you know, I've read that um, you've actually saved people out on the lake before. Yeah, that topic comes up, and then people people all respond saying, "Oh, he's just tooting his own horn," or I don't know. Did you see the Vice video? You know what? I just saw that this morning when I first reached out to you. I don't even think it maybe it, it had just come out, but I watched it this morning. Yeah. So. You're recording, so you're not going to edit anything, right? Uh, only only if uh, if you request it. No, because, like, people don't hear the whole story. They just, you know, like, it's easy for people to troll, and then it's easier to give attention to those people, even though it might be one out of a 100 or a 1,000. But it does look like, oh, yeah, I didn't know they were going to come out on the video right away. People talking about, who I don't even know, talking about me saving people. But... The truth is a lot of people get into shitty situations on the water, real subtle situations. And then sometimes I wonder how much am I a part of that? Like how much do we influence each other? Like Mm. if I'm luring people to the cliff to take pictures or like if I show up and there's little waves and everybody wants to play with surfboard and next thing you know, someone's stuck in a current where they normally be there or like, I don't want to make it all about me, but. Yeah, I've, I'd say I've saved some people, but people have saved me, and oh. I've led people to almost dying, trying to take them out for their first wave, and a good thing another surfer was there to help. So, like I said, I'm always learning, and then seeing reality of, like, people showing up with a surfboard on their car and, like, their friends, because they're going to teach them how to surf, even though they don't know how to surf, and then they're going to video it the whole time, and they're going to be putting themselves in situations. I'm like, oh, shit, I just know like empathetically I've put people in situations even though they're willing where I can see them going to make the same mistakes that I've made. You know what I mean? So I really care, but then sometimes it comes out as anger because people's egos and you know what else? Like, I don't know how controversial it is, but the women who are learning are a lot more receptive to receiving information than the guys. Yeah, I could see that. Like if you mentioned if you mention something like there's less ego or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's all weird. And then like somebody's like, Oh, they should make them pay them to like be in the water. It's like, well, I've said that before, but like with the whole fire chief thing, say I'm the most valuable guy in the water. He did say that. And we had a long talk about it. He told me to check in with the fire captain during rescues so they can know where I am. So I checked in with the fire captain one time. It got ugly. People are stuck on an iceberg. 
And all the firemen were mad at me because I was mad because they weren't getting the people off the iceberg. Well, and they had a cannon with, with a, a rope attached to it, and they're shooting it out past them so the rope would get to the people. So I was like, you know, why aren't you getting them off the iceberg? Well, how often and are like, people? How often are people getting stuck out there? Uh, it happens quite a bit. A lot of people die in the Great Lakes. I don't uh, know how many, but I think it was like 170 one year. Or maybe it was 70. I don't really remember. Whoa. Not into statistics and stuff. I don't know. But so, anyways, as the iceberg is disintegrating, the reason why they're having trouble getting them off the iceberg is because they have dry suits. They keep really warm and safe, but they're too floaty. So it's hard to duck dive under the wave, to go underneath the wave yeah. and let it go over you because they're floating too much. So I'm not just here to complain. It's about solutions. Why don't they have some wetsuits? You know, and like seeing people screaming at the top of their lungs for help with like 30 firemen on the shore, wow. not able to just go get them. When it'd be really easy for me to go just go get them and bring them back to shore because I'm so used to that, just playing in it. Just being a kook, going out for crappy waves and crappy conditions just to escape and go have some fun. Sometimes that could serve a purpose. You know what I mean? Like some unknown purpose, like situations like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like, I don't want to have some false modesty, but at the same time, I don't want to have some like fake overconfidence because it gets, it's hard to take care of yourself, let alone those people. But there's way more to the story, you know, and the cops were like, hey, we'll go in with you. Like, they, so it's like, I only get the angry firemen at me because I yell at them. And then like, I just feel like they, if they had wetsuits and they went and played in the waves, they'd be more comfortable in those situations helping people. That's all. And if they had some more surfboards, they could paddle out and save people themselves. Because all you got to do is paddle to them, the board floats. Get them back to shore. That's it. Have you talked? But to you know, about I offered this? twenty. Bo- I offered twenty boards to the fire department, Whoa. and the fire captain apologized to me for spitting in my face during that rescue because the fire chief didn't call him and say, "Hey, Dan, might help." He didn't say that. So with their little chain of command and egos and blowing stop sign, crosswalk, blowing through drunk driving, fucking local boy camaraderie, cuck fucks. You know what I mean? Whoa. Their fucking little bullshit egos are stroking each other aren't helping. So like, see what I mean? I'm going to get myself in trouble, but I don't give a shit, dude. There's more to the story than just them saying, Oh, I'm a bad guy. I'm a black sheep or this and that. Yeah. I'll yell at him. Cause after I offered those 20 surfboards in the city, he said he called me back and he didn't. And then two weeks later, people drowned. Whoa. And they had life jackets. Someone with a kayak brought them life jackets. So instead, they built these little towers with life jackets on them, even though the people are still dying with the life jackets. Whoa. <laughs> I did. There's, dude, it, it gets deep. Like, there's a guy who owes me money who didn't finish the siding on my house, and he works for a roofing company that donated their labor and their materials to build those shacks to get cool credit for doing good things for the community by building a lifeguard tower for people that just drowned with life jackets while refusing to put any surfboards up to paddle to get people after I just offered 20 surfboards. It's like a nightmare to me, bro. I went through a lot. A lot of people donated those surfboards to me in California for these reasons, to learn how to surf, teach people how to surf, share the stoke, 
And I realized sometimes that's a little too much. So like I offered in the city to put up, so I don't have to hitchhike home when people are stuck on an iceberg to get back to have them all chase me up. I threw my surfboard down in front of me. I was like, when they all charge me, I'm like, if I jump in the water and you can come arrest me, then you can jump in the water and go save those people on that iceberg. Cause every time the waves would hit that iceberg, the rebound wave would hit at the same time and disintegrate the iceberg, making it smaller, rolling, splashing these people with hypothermia. All I was doing is I just happened to be there in a house thinking about growing an ice beard naked <laughs> and coming back to the shower and oh. filming it. And then I saw the lights. You know what I mean? And then finally they went out and saved them. But, you know, they, when they're dragging the first person back, they're pulling them under the ice with the rope while they're focused on the next person. And I'm like, it's just like a nightmare. I'm like, I got to go. It doesn't have to be this way. All this money, all this resources, all these tax dollars, they can't just put on a wetsuit and go play in the water during waves. You know what I mean? That's all. I shouldn't even talk about this stuff, dude. You know, but I don't care. Wow. I don't care. Yeah, there's 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 a lot there that hasn't made it into the I don't docs. care if the fireman's <laughs> wives want to bang me, bro. I don't care if they're mad at me, dude. Whatever. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Hey, we cut out for a second, but it just cut back in. Here we go. Whoa. I have a very simple f- question for you. Um, why, why do you firemen say... Firemen on steroids don't like when some punk criminal like myself throws them on the fucking ground and tags them and then pulls his ass out and calls him a homo. You know what I mean? They don't like that when I clown on them, when they come at me, when I'm trying to be peaceful. People want to bring up the past, but they don't want to live right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm tripping, bro. This coffee's strong. (laughs) This coffee's strong, bro. I just hate seeing people die. And I know when people are drowning in front of lifeguards, why are the lifeguards even there? They're making it worse. They're giving them a false sense of security. Oh. You know what I mean? And then there's so many scenarios, dude. Time overlaps, a scenario after scenario after scenario that comes to my mind. So I think the important message is like what I would say, what I'm getting at if I'm going to stay in the, in the positive is your life is pretty much in your own hands. Remember that every time you go by the lake when there's ice and stuff, don't expect somebody to just come save you. Well, how you know lo- what I mean? How, how long did it take you to become confident of your own abilities out on the lake? I think after being in Japan, you surfed in, uh, you said Guam? Philippines. Philippines. I surfed in Okinawa and I think surfing in the typhoons. Whoa. You know, like in the typhoons, it made me comfortable in the storms. And then sometimes I'm not comfortable. You know what I mean? Really? So I try to make I try to make good decisions. But I don't know. It's just when the waves are is during the storm, so it just gradually keeps happening. What does what does surfing do for you? Why do you like it? Uh, it's good exercise. 
I got leg injuries and stuff. I can't, it hurts to run, hip problems and like back problems. But just playing in the water, it's good, healthy. I feel really good. I sleep really good. It's exercise. I think it's just needed. So if I'm paddling a lot, it's like if someone were to go jogging, you know? Are those injuries? type of thing. You get that endorphin, you know, you're pushing your body, exercising, getting waves, get the fresh water. Are those injuries from, from coming down? I'm sorry. What's that? Did you get those from sports or from, from surfing, the injuries? Um, sports. Yeah. Broke my leg playing hockey. Um, you know, just a lot of injuries. Tore my quad break dancing. Whoa. <laughs> Freaking. <laughs> you know what I mean? What were you doing out in Japan? I went to high school there. Whoa. On a military base. Ah. I lived off the Oman base. But I just tried to get to the ocean all the time, you know? So did, I was playing a lot of basketball and tennis and golf and stuff like that. And then I found the ocean and I was like, I'd rather be at the ocean. Imagine being stuck in a gym when you know there's waves. Yeah. That's crazy. Were you, were you then like relocated your whole life growing up? What's that? Were you re- relocated all the time? Were you a military brat where you were like all over the place? No, I moved in with my aunt. She was a teacher for military kids oh. when I was 15. So I lived with her for a couple of years. And then I came back here. My stepdad was a fireman. Gotcha. He was fighting with my mom all the time. So I moved in with my aunt. So that's part of it. The old school fireman beef. I got you. Just kind of knowing better. You know what I mean? You got a lot of, you got a lot of weird, you got corrections officers, you got, you got the prison, you got these firemen, you got these dirty cops, you got all kinds of weird stuff going on. So many overlapping agencies. They don't have anything to do. You know what I mean? So they don't do anything. I don't know. I just, I just with my buddy who worked at the prison for years and he was telling me about this correction officer roughing up his chick or being a real dick to his chick at the store. And he said something, the guy was like, I take down guys bigger than you. It's like, really dude? Like, is that really going on here? We got this little prison with these, this weird little thing here. And he, is that, I don't know, man. It's creepy. I don't even know what I'm talking about. It. It's giving an energy. But I was just thinking about how they all speed on the highway and how all the people die right there on the highway. And like, that's where the iceberg scene is. And like, it's just weird. It's so weird. It sounds pretty wild where you are, Dan. I'm going to be honest. It sounds pretty chaotic. Yeah, but it's pretty chill. It's just a little down. Hmm. I just wonder who's going to die soon surfing out here. Oh, man. That's horrible. I guess it's, it's... You know what I mean, though? It happens often, though, huh? I don't know, but I don't think any surfers have died yet. Wow. Do you, do you surf every day? No. 
there's waves today, little ones, but I'm getting all my boards fixed right now. I got so many dings from running into the rocks. I break all my boards. Wow. I got a van full of boards right now. Want to see it? Yeah, sure. I mean, people won't see this, but I could see it. I got this van from this guy who got it from this awesome, most awesome surfer. There's a skateboard. Oh. There's a stand-up paddleboard I got. Some Great Lakes paddleboards. I, I've never been a paddleboarder. I've probably gone out like 10 times. I kind of suck at it as far as catching waves, but it's fun. It's just when people paddle into all the surfers on those things and they can't even barely stand up, I'm like, what are they doing? I got some full boards in here. That board's for when it gets big. And then Weird Waves Podcast donated this board. A lot of people got their first waves on this board. Wow, that's cool. It's good for the kids, a little soft top. They gave me like 15 wetsuits too. And I got this old school locomotion surfboard. I got it for a hundred bucks, like back when 9-11 was going on. Whoa. Down in state at a surf shop, chapter 11. And then this guy who's living up here that used to work there and built a skate park at that place. I remember when they had a skate park there. But I started surfing back on that dude's boards because I bought a, um, my mom had got me a windsurf board from a rummage sale. I started surfing on the windsurf board and then that's when I started surfing again. My shed's locked. I got my boards in the middle of it. So what are you going to do in Brooklyn, dude? Just stay inside? That's all we can do. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, it's, it's pretty strict here. Um, you know, even like grocery lines and things like that. And, uh, there's mandates for masks. There's not a whole lot we can do. We're, we're really itching to maybe get out of here and like go to Utah or something like that. Once things open back up, uh, I think we've had, had enough in New York. I've lived here my whole life, but you know, I've obviously traveled a lot, but there's, I don't know. It's, I, I think it's kind of run its course for me. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I just stay away from people. Do you do you travel around at all, or do you mostly stay in Michigan? I just stay at home. I don't travel unless I go to the water or go to work or do something, you know? Yeah. I don't want to be around a bunch of people. I don't even care to be around them anyways. I don't feel like much has changed. Once I heard they were going to stop garden, like gardening and all that, I got a little tripped out, but I think everything's going to be okay. Wait, what do you mean by that? They said that uh, gardening is non-essential. So you couldn't buy seeds from the store or dirt or anything, but I guess you can. Whoa. So what does anything really mean? You can do things, you can't do things. Everybody keeps doing things. I don't know. Wow. I think what it really meant was you just got to start using a credit card or a debit card to buy your stuff, and then they deliver it, or you got to pick it up. So it kind of made shopping more efficient, you know? Wow. 
Um, I, I want to take it to, back to the dock for a second. The the dock that was picked up for for the Banff Festival. How did they like? How did that come about? Did they discover you and reach out to you? Um, I was contacted by by a shoe company, and then they wanted to shoot with Camp Four yeah. Collective in Temple. So I called up my buddy Eric Schleicher. He's in Brooklyn. Oh. He's a cinematographer. I met him here on the beach. He shot some, like a music video with me and like, he just makes great stuff, but he's in Brooklyn, man. You should look him up. Yeah, yeah. Like her. I'll check him out. And uh, I asked him if he knew who Tim Kempel was, because I don't, I don't know any of these people in these industries or like who's who. And uh, he was all pumped about Tim Kempel. So I was like, all right, Eric Schleicher says do it. I did it. And then, uh, it ended up getting put in the Banff Festival. So, yeah, I've been getting a lot of feedback about that. It's pretty cool. I just wanted a little more. I wanted more ways, a little more shots. It, it's funny. Oh, no. I, I think, had fun with those guys. It was, it was a learning experience. I think they did a really you good know? job with it, though. I think it looked really beautiful. It's funny because the drone fell out of the sky because when it got cold, the batteries die quicker. Oh. But I found the drone just in time. <laughs> the ice came right to where the drone was the next day, and I was able to go down and get it. It was like victory when I came up with that drone. It's hard to get footage during my favorite times because it's a cold storm. Mm. So if it's 40-mile-an-hour winds, Drones don't do that well, I don't think, and people don't want to risk their gear. And then I'll be bummed because they're not getting the angles I like or something. You know what I mean? And then it's like you always get the best wave when no one's looking. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is is So I'm trying to get some shots. I'm trying to do shots of what I would want to see. I so see. you got to line up with the surfer that didn't surf the way you want to see him surf. So it's like kind of like how much energy do you want to put into these, these videos? You know what I mean? Because they didn't get the ice beard. Ah, oh, shoot. We're knocked out again. Not the ice beard because they're here for a window. You know what I mean? The, the ice beard? Yeah, yeah. They didn't get the ice beard in the video. It's hard for them to get the ice beard because they want to time budget an ice beard instead of just living it and being here and getting the footage with the greatest ice beards naked in the tube. <laughs> nope, they got to show up get an Airbnb for three days and think they're going to get all this footage. Just think all the footage you haven't seen that nobody has. Like you can't even imagine. You know what I mean? Well, like I rainbows and icicles and fucking eagles. Yeah. I mean, I think, fish. I think the good and the bad, Dan, I mean, you know, you've pointed out some of the, the difficult things about this that aren't necessarily going to get put into a documentary also. I think everything's been pretty positive so far. That's good. It's just how I respond to negative stuff. It leads down the dark way, you know? Well, I don't know if you, I don't know if you want to expand upon this, but in the doc, you mentioned like, Hey, surfing, like really saved my life. Like, what did you mean by that? I think it just gave me something to do, you know, just like, 
I put my energy into that, then I'm not bored or feeling hopeless. Mm. So if I can like focus on taking care of myself and getting a board and getting a wetsuit, and then I can do other things. You know, so like when I work, it feels rewarding that I get to go to the beach once a week or something or a couple times a week for a couple hours. Makes me really appreciate that. Makes me want to work harder and do better in life. So if I was hungover or something, Mm. I wouldn't be able to surf. So it's like a reminder to me that like I'm doing well and just as long as I keep surfing, if I keep trying to do better for my health so I can catch better waves and paddle longer, then I think it's good for the rest of my life, you know? Yeah, I got you. I just think of how many waves I missed being just a drunk loser with nowhere to go. You know what I mean? High school dropout, party too much, couldn't stop. And like, what if I had like gotten sober earlier? You know what I mean? But then I'm just grateful for being alive. Wow. So like, try not to do that too much, you know, think back like that. Yeah. Because everything's good. I got a lot of blessings. It's hard. It's hard to juggle all the blessings sometimes. It's overwhelming. Like, Oh man, there are all these good things going for me. Don't blow it by getting on a podcast and sounding like a dark. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I do, I'll get dark, but I don't know. I saw the cop do a good job today saving those kids, getting them away or yesterday, getting them away from the cliff. You know what I mean? And he was nice. Just all authoritative. I was like, Good job, you saved those kids, maybe. You know what I mean? I like to see that. Have you ever considered doing like uh, like teaching courses, teaching people how to surf, and you know, teaching the law enforcement about how they can best go out there and help people? Well, I don't know the best. That's the thing. Is ah. I just know from my experience what happens in situations, and like seems like common sense to paddle over to somebody and help them. I don't know how you can teach that because it seems like the people with the degrees are the ones that rest on their laurels. Mm. You know how many times I've heard, oh, I was a lifeguard? And then it's like, watch out, you're probably going to drown around that person most likely. Wow. And I can cite examples, but I won't. But, uh, you know, you work to get a degree to say or something. So, like, I don't know. It's like gardeners, you know, or, or anybody, people that know everything don't really learn anything because they seem to already know everything. So I don't want to sound like I know everything because there's probably a lot to learn with technology evolving and gear getting better and stuff. I don't know. I don't really know about teaching, becoming committed. I like to take people surfing, but I don't want to be have to do it, you know? Have any companies... I think... I think the best lesson, what they could learn, they, as in like you're saying, teaching the, the local authorities or whoever better techniques, is just wake up. Hmm. Just look at the water. Just watch people. Like when you're, when you're in a car driving, you see how many people are texting. Yeah. Don't the cops seem to do? So apply that to you're at the beach and if you're, if you're awake and you're, you see who's doing what, 
like a lifeguard should be, like in other places where lifeguards save people, you know? If they just woke up a little bit, that's all. I don't know. I think the Coast Guard does a good job. I see them policing the water all the time. I don't know. I hear people bitch about them. Super important to me. I got rights and stuff, but they're doing their job, and I, I feel like they have a good presence out there as far as I see, but I don't know. What do I know? Do you- I just got, you know, layers of old-school historical beef with authoritative father-like figures when it comes to firemen and paramedics. You know what I mean? But it's not just here. It's a universal thing. It's all these archetypes and people just fall into these categories. And they don't even realize they're doing it. Well, then do you find, um, I mean, me too. So, you know, do you find surfing then to be like therapeutic and, spiritual at all i know like some people find a spiritual connection to being out on the water yeah but i think that happens everywhere maybe but you might feel it more there i don't know Mm. if you feel good isn't that spiritual you know so if the beach makes you feel good or the waves make you feel good or sunsets make you feel good it's probably a good vibe spiritual thing I think if it's like artists are always painting these places, you know what I mean? It's got to have something good going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you get a sunrise, it feels good. It's spiritual. See an eagle catch a fish right next to your buddy while he's surfing. That feels pretty spiritual. Or you can be like, oh, they're just, you know, scavengers too. And just a bunch of dumb birds. And then be like, you see one another time, you're like, whoa, this must mean something. You know what I mean? There's a dark side to it, too, not to go back to it, but yeah, actually, think of all the people dead. You know, like, when you're out there surfing and just be like, is that person's body going to be floating by me? Or is that, like, where their soul is down there because that's where they drown? You know what I mean? Wow. That gets a little trippy. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Um, scary. You know, you mentioned that like attention has kind of increased since the documentaries, but do you think you feel like, like your life has changed at all since then because of like the added exposure? Uh, I guess so. Kind of. Is that good though or bad? It's a local thing, so everybody kind of knows each other anyways. Mm. But, yeah, it's weird. People messaging me from all over the world sometimes or, I don't know. I run into so many people that are so much funny, like funnier, more talented. I was like, man, they should have the little tension thing going on. You know what I mean? But is it real anyways? What does any of it really matter? You know? Well, I was wondering, like, have uh, any have any like gear companies or board companies reached out to to be like, hey, we want to sponsor you or, or get involved in your story or anything like that? Yeah, I could write a book about that and how I feel about all that. But right now, on a positive note, Clean Line Surf, 
Out of Oregon? Is it Oregon or Oregon? I think it's a dumb you for it. I think if you it's Oregon. If you live there, it's Oregon. I think if you live everywhere else, you say Oregon. <laughs> yeah, Oregon. And they sent some wetsuits just in time for that vice shoot. Ah. And I love the wetsuits, man. I got a rip curl, I think, flash bomb. I love it. It's so flexible. It keeps me warm. Cool. Being warm and not suffering really, <laughs> really matters. And then there's been other situations, but I don't know. It just feels like sometimes we get the crap up here. Ah. Uh. You know? I don't know. Well, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to meet people in like the industry and tell them who you are and where you're from and be viewed as just a kook and then come home, do my thing. And then all of a sudden they're reaching out to me like they, like they never met me uh, trying to do business things. And I'm like, well, I kind of already met you. And remember? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I got people everywhere I go, hit me up with wetsuits and surfboards. Like, I think how much I could be selling. I'm like, is that really what I'm into? You know what I mean? So Queen Line Surf sent me those <clears throat> those wetsuits and my buddy, the Tongan Icebeard. So we got all these awesome Icebeard shots because of them and all these times, more time in the water because of them. And then Great Lakes Paddleboards gave me a paddleboard. <laughs> and these companies did this no strings attached. That's cool which is out of love here. And I think, you know, if we're going to stay positive, way more is going to happen out of that than some weird grab to cling to like contract. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when companies want the most out of you for the least, you know what I mean? Instead of sharing the love, like weird waves podcast gave me that surfboard for the kids in the neighborhood and like 15 wetsuits. And all these people have gotten their first waves in their wetsuits and all their boards. And that's awesome, man. Like, are you kidding me? So Queen Line, Queen Line Surf, Weird Waves Podcast, um, Great Lakes Paddle Boards. There's so many more. Blown Out Wetsuit Repair in Santa Cruz, Freeline Surf, all my favorite places. You know, they always have, like, used wetsuits or new stuff and, like, they sell old boards that people don't want anymore. They're still good for cheap. And I think that really helps with people getting waves because I hate to turn people away when they want a board, you know, but at the same time I get worried, you know, like who am I giving the surfboard to? Mm. Are they going to go get into a situation? But so far everybody's like respected the danger aspect because you'll see these videos and you'll hear me talking like, oh, this is the most dangerous part, but you're not really seeing because of the editing what I'm talking about. Most dangerous part usually is getting in and out of the water where it ices up. So that's when you got to keep the camera rolling if you want blooper shots, if you want shots of people getting hurt and like that's entertainment because everybody's falling, getting right in and out of the water. It's not the big gnarly wave with the iceberg necessarily. It's the, the subtle things. That being excited to get to the wave and tripping over a rock, you know what I mean? Because you're looking at the wave, just can't wait to get there. Boom. Or the wind blowing people back on the ice and stuff, you know, or something. 
Yeah, it didn't look like there was much beach. It looks like you kind of just drop in into like the middle of all these like little baby icebergs. Yeah, that was a weird time in that in that shoot because when I paddled out, all the ice broke loose from the shore, and you couldn't just paddle right back in. Whoa. I had to like go over all the ice. So I'm working all these different muscles I wasn't used to. But you see those boards I'm riding? Those are like used hundred dollar boards. So if I break them, whatever, just fix them or. You know what I mean? No, most normal surfers are like really picky about their boards. They don't want to go out in icebergs and ding up their boards. They just pay a thousand dollars for or six hundred dollars for. You know what I mean? I just ride them into cliffs and into rocks. I don't I want to milk the wave, get every little bit I can. You know, right into the cove. But the problem is, okay, I don't care. If I'm riding straight into the cliff, don't put your camera down out of shock and like, <laughs> like keep the cameras, get the crash into the wall, dude. That's the most awesome part. I'm about to destroy my thousand dollar board for this rebound wave. I'm going to backflip off to and kick off the wall. You know what I mean? Like keep clicking. You, should, you know what I mean? You should get a GoPro or something like that for when you're out there. I know, but that's a whole bunch of work, dude. It gets in the way, and then you're GoProing. It's the dance with the person watching. You know what I mean? It, it's the dance with the homies. Because if you take a video of your homie on the skateboard, like doing some awesome skateboard trick, and you nail the shot, it's like yeah, connected on that one because it's concentrated like mm-hmm. attention. So like that that connection of like, are they going to be seeing the wave? Like, am I here for a picture? Or am I here for the wave? Cause when I'm dancing with a photographer, it's a whole different thing. Are they going to get the shot? Do I care? You know what I mean? Are they going to take some like one third of the great shot and like get all these acclaims for it? And it wasn't even the good shot. I'm like, dude, everybody's missing the good shot. You know what I mean? And I'm not even that great of a surfer. So it's a damn photographer's job to make a kook look like me look cool because that's what surfing's supposed to be is looking cool, bro. No, I'm just kidding. But you know what I mean? I want the tube shot, man. Let me get in the tube. <laughs> Take a picture when I'm in the tube. I don't get a lot of tubes. You know what I mean? Can I get the tube shot? Or could you go get tubes so I can take the tube shot of you, please? I can't do everything around here, bro. Is this fun? Are you having fun? <laughs> Dan, you're a wild guy, man. This is fun. Do you... Um, yeah, I'm getting social anxiety, though. Right now or in general? Yeah, bro. I'm, I feel like I got to start pacing. I've been sitting still here this whole time. Oh, we won't listen. Um, I mean, we can wrap it. I, I, guess, I guess the only other thing I was wondering is, like, if you, <laughs> if you think about and, like, plan for the future at all do you think you'll stay in michigan um what does the future hold for surfer dan you mean what should i say and then everybody's gonna try to copy me no no i'm not telling (laughs) anyone to copy what you're doing man is that a good one dude no i just want to surf i want to be by the water and i love it here this is my home and i want to have a nice farm 
want to catch the waves and go to the little like dream spots that you dream about and make them keep happening with the fall leaves coming down and the wave breaking. You know what I mean? And then the snow coming down, the wave breaking. And in the summertime, the sunshine comes down, the waves breaking. And I can drink the water. You know what I mean? And then, like, just go to every wind direction. Just hit every spot within an hour and a half from my house. Any wind direction. In the secret spot, UP, bro. You know what I mean? You, That's what I want to do. Yeah, I want to go surf other places. But come on. If you can't drink the wave, is it really, you know what I mean? You have simple I needs. love the ocean, though. I love the ocean. But I love to drink the water. Our most precious resource, dude. What if it all dries up? You know what I mean? There's water everywhere here. There's rivers. There's I got waterfalls in my backyard. Oh, that's cool. I mean, what am I going to do? Go some other place and have a billion people that are all around me and like pay outrageous rent costs and have to worry about parking and weird, weird things. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want it simple. Yeah. Yeah. I get that, man. I mean, so like, I have no idea, dude, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm just going to keep surfing. That's it. Stay by the water. Should we should we link people through the podcast to your Facebook? Like, do you want people to find you? No, because like I went all dark earlier, so then everybody's gonna think I'm crazy or have things to say and, or something. I'm just like, it's cool. This is you can do whatever you want. I got enough of that. I do. I sabotage myself on Facebook. I delete all the followers, delete all the friends. I'm like, I can't handle this. It's like being Santa Claus. <laughs> Anybody can just reach out to you at any time. You got to like, but it's not just me. It's happening to everybody. Everybody's going through it. You know what I mean? But from my experience, it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. But then I like Instagram because it's, it's a lot, it's a lot cooler. You just post pictures and there's less trolling or political stuff. You know what I mean? All right. So I'll link, I'll link people there. I'll link people to the Instagram account. All right, cool. Cool. That is a wrap on episode number 161 of the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. Thank you to Dan for joining me from Michigan through the phone. And thank you to all of you Voyagers for tuning in. It's always great to have new people. So if you're new, welcome. Go click around, check out some other episodes. Got a bunch of new stuff coming out this upcoming week. Quarantine has actually been quite good for connecting with people. So the stories will keep on coming for the foreseeable future. All right, everybody. Thanks again. And as always, please take care of each other. I will catch you next time. Bye-bye.